Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, August the 5th in 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B, proper week 14, which is the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. And on Thursdays, we like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage for the week coming from the Revised Common Lectionary. And this week we remain in the book of Ephesians. So we'll be in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through chapter 5, verse 2. So at the very end of chapter 4, starting into chapter 5, and that big passage there where Paul's addressing the church in ways that we now live as we seek unity in the body of Christ. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning and when our rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 through chapter 5, verse 2. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin, it says. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. and Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of God for us. When N.T. Wright, biblical scholar and um, a theologian uh, and pastor in the church, whenever he's asked, like, what is the message of the Bible? What's the story? He says, quite simply, it's just the marriage of heaven and earth. It's uh, God bringing together his space, which is heaven, and earth's space, which he's given to human beings, which he created that he wants to bring to its fullest conclusion. And so it can be realized its fullest potential. And so there is... There is something happening among us right now. And that was the heart of the New Testament message. When Jesus was raised from the dead, and when God didn't steal him away to his presence, but he allowed him to walk around, and he commissioned followers to tell people his story, and he said, and I'll be with you, uh, he gave us a hint that um, something has happened in the heavens, a, a big pivot in God's story has turned towards God restoring all things. That's what the resurrection is all about. That was a signpost for that. And that we're not just going to be like whisked away from here. That's not the fulfillment of things. But uh, God is doing something in the space in which we live in. Uh, even the the passage that we read in funerals about how Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And I think sometimes we read that we think, okay, well, I'm going to be have a place prepared for me in the far beyond, away from this place. But if we go back to the original language there, the original language of that Jesus used there is not like a, a, a permanent residence, but it's like an Airbnb, like a, a place to rest for a while because that there's something else that we're heading towards. And so if we have the biblical mind, what we would conclude is that God is renewing all things around us. And so 
it shouldn't be a surprise for us that when it comes to the time when Paul is trying to instruct the church how to be the church, he begins to implore us, as he implored the Ephesian church, to get along with one another. And that's what is going on line after line in this passage, uh, the second part of the book of Ephesians. Um, he says, you need to put away falsehood and you speak truthfully because um, that's the only way that we can guarantee a pleasant community with one another for the long haul is if we commit to one another, we're going to speak truthfully. Uh, he says, in your anger, don't let your anger fester. Like You're going to get angry, but don't let it fester on and on and continue to um, obscure your view of true reality of the humans in your life because this will actually give the devil a foothold to sow to, uh, disunity among you. Don't steal from one another, but build up one another, he says. And then when you talk with one another, don't let anything unwholesome, don't let your words be cheapened, uh, but be impeccable with your words so that you can build up the community around you. Uh, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. This might be the kicker of this whole passage, one of them at least. The Holy Spirit is, as he, Paul said earlier, in the book of Ephesians. The Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing what we're going to experience later. So the Holy Spirit's working and he is uh, putting things inside of us and putting things in other people in the church so that we would build this great reality that God is leading the whole cosmos towards. And whenever we tear down what God is doing, it it grieves, right? It, It grieves the Holy Spirit. It'd be like us if we you know, put our house in order and we go away for a while and we let somebody stay in it for a while and it comes back and it's absolutely smashed and decimated and people didn't care for it. Like that would grieve us as well. And so the Holy Spirit's here. He's building what God is leading us towards and to tear it down in the wake of his work is that brings grief to God's heart. And so Paul's saying, don't grieve the spirit. Don't uh, impede his progress. Don't tear down what he's already established in the world around us. And he has this great line in verse 31. So get rid of brawling and slander, every form of malice. He says, but be kind and compassionate towards one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God has forgiven you. There is a new economy that God has unleashed upon the earth that replaces rivalry and envy, which leads to violence and strife and division. He's now given a kind of grace and the economy of grace is going to usher in the thing that God wants to see happen, uh, to fill the whole earth. That's the knowledge of the Lord is going to fill the whole earth as the waters cover the sea, the prophet said. And an evidence of this is forgiveness as the currency instead of rivalry and envy. And then he brings it to its conclusion here. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. How do we know that God's plan is working out the world around us is because we imitate Jesus and we lay down our life for one another. So all these things are just a signpost. They're pointing ahead and it gives us access to the life that we're going to live in the days to come. And so so this is the, the, the message of Paul. Like, don't wait to experience the life that you're longing for. Live it in now. Live in it now because the Spirit is has been given to us so that we can live into this way of life now. And I think that when you and I experience this, maybe it's in a, a small measure or what it's in a deep measure, like we, we think this is the true life. This is the thing that we are all craving. And Paul says, you can live in this way again and again in increasing measure as you give your life over to God again and again and again. So that's going to be my prayer this morning, that we give ourselves over to God and trust his way 
And as we do so, that we experience this kingdom life in our lives and in all around us as we long for the day which God restores all things, the marriage of heaven and earth. So spend some time praying along these themes this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we consider it a gift that you invite us into your family, into your plan, the outworking of the marriage of heaven and earth. God, it's it's a big idea, and it's one that blows our mind. It's one that perhaps intimidates us, that we would be somehow included in it. But I thank you that with you there's grace and there's forgiveness, and I thank you that you've wiped the slate clean, and we are clean and forgiven before you. You have forgotten about our sins. You've given us new life. And so God, as we meditate on this new life, I pray that we wouldn't waste it, that you would give us a kingdom vision. And at the heart of that would be this craving to share life with one another in a way in which is praiseworthy, which is wise, which is good. And so God, I pray for beauty to arise from the church today. And that beauty at the heartbeat of it is the way in which we treat one another and the way in which we treat those who are particularly forgotten about, those who've been misplaced, those who've gone without and the ball has not bounced their way. I pray that you give us the eyes of Christ, the heart of Christ, the hands of Christ. And I pray that as we wander out into this world today, um, I pray that we would uh, work in such a way in, in which we sense you're leading us and we would have the confidence of obeying you. And then as this day ends later, a few hours, God, I pray that we look back and that we would notice where you were among us and that we would praise you because we, were, we drew near to you today. So God be with us, empower us once more, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>